This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. A Thursday, Grant and Danny. Danny's vacation continuing. Welcome back. You're listening to The Fan. Week 17 in the NFL kicks off tonight. We'll get you a preview before I get out of here at 6.30. Cowboys at Titans. Tennessee's got more of their key regulars not playing tonight than playing. They'll be playing for the division title next week against the Jaguars this evening. Even at 7 and 8 doesn't matter a whole lot to them because that division is so terrible. Uh, More on that a little bit later in the show. We got Logan Paulson joining us to break down the Commanders and the Browns. Coming up in 55 minutes at 5 o'clock. But it is time for our Beltway Blitz. The three teams in D.C. you care the most about. All jammed into one segment. And this sounds funny, but awesome to say. Let's talk about the very hot Washington Wizards. Winners of four of five. They've been rolling here. Ava Wallace covers the team for the Washington Post. Ava, how about these Wiz? It took the depths of a rock bottom, the, the likes of which Dwayne Johnson... No, left somebody lifeless with years ago in WWE, but they have come back from the dead here. They look a lot better the last week. Yeah, who knew? I mean, we kind of got an inkling earlier this season, but who knew DeLon Wright and Rui Hachimura were going to make such a difference, huh? Is, is that what it is? It's the DeLon Wright-Rui Hachimura bounce back. I mean, Rui what has actually been outstanding offensively, and last night he scored 30 points in 28 minutes. Yeah, matched a career high. No, he's been fantastic off the bench, and, and it was funny. Usually... When we kind of talk to Rui, he doesn't say a ton more than, you know, I really wanted to be aggressive. But he was saying, man, I was watching that losing streak while I was sitting on the bench, and I just said, these guys look tired. He said he really wanted to bring energy when he was able to come back. And that's exactly what he's done. He's brought a ton of firepower is the word Kristaps Porzingis keeps using. And, you know, you knew these guys were tired. I don't think I realized how tired they were. They look like they have totally new life, even playing without Bradley Beal last night. Were the Suns flat because they didn't play well in the first quarter? Were the Wizards great defensively? I mean, they led by 15 and only allowed 21 points after one quarter last night. Yeah, I think it was a little bit of both against the Suns. They certainly missed a lot, especially they missed a lot of threes. You know, they're one of the top 10 uh, three-point shooting teams in the league, and they just had an off night. But that was something the Wizards were able to feed off of. And something that's been really important, I think, is both nights, the Wizards kind of did their usual thing and started to fall off a little bit in the third quarter, started to stagnate a little bit, and they survived both nights. Last night, it was DeLon Wright. The night before, it was Rui Hachimura. It was Chris uh, Porzingis, Kyle Kuzma helping a little bit. But just to be able to kind of see them get out of those old patterns has been really refreshing, I think, for everybody in that locker room. It was interestingly, I'd say, put together from a rotation standpoint last night, right? The last couple games, we saw West Sunset go really, really big, with Gafford and Chris Stops starting. But then last night you had a bunch of guys that were in the 25 to 35-minute range. I think like nine guys almost probably played in that range, and it wasn't necessarily like anybody was ball dominant. They didn't have Beals. So there wasn't a 40-minute player. I mean, what would you make of the way they shook things up? 
Yeah, so this this big lineup that they're going with at West Huntsville Junior said he's he's going to want to stick for at least five games to make sure it's you know not a fluke, be able to actually get a good sample size to see what works for them. Um, that allows Kristaps Porzingis. He had a, a really funny line. I asked him what he liked most about playing in that lineup. He said, "I didn't have to guard Joel Embiid that first night that they played Philly." Um, it, it simplifies Daniel Gafford's role on defense. It, let Chris, it lets Kristaps Porzingis cook a little bit on offense. And then they've got this really interesting line that kind of you mentioned which, with Corey Kispert and DeLon Wright and a couple of guys that come out and start at the second and fourth quarters. And that just kind of ensures that they don't lag off as much as they kind of tend to do, especially after halftime or at the beginning or end of quarters. Um, and it's a really smart way to use his guys. Will, Will Barton has fallen out of the lineup there. Uh, but it, it seems like he's got a good balance of setting the tone and then keeping the energy alive. So if they're going to continue this stretch, what are some things that need to keep happening for this team? Yeah, they need to um, continue to be disciplined. That was a, something that they did against Philly. I thought really well when they uh, they just kind of closed the game and they didn't actually let Philly come back and they kept their defense everything it needed to be. Um, and then I think something that DeLon right, is bringing is he's, he's bringing a little bit of defensive firepower. He said but while he was out, something he noticed when he was watching the sideline is the Wizards aren't playing in the passing lanes as much as they could be. That's something that Denny Avdia could do. He has that kind of quickness in those hands. Um, so just to stay kind of sharp on defense and, and know their guys, they've got an interesting one coming up against Orlando, which might have, like, uh, no players on the bench. They got in a fight with the Pistons last night, and it, it seems like the bench is clear, so I have no idea who's actually not going to be suspended and able to be on the floor. But they've got some opportunity here. Um, especially before they have two against Milwaukee in the new year. 7 o'clock tip against the Magic in Orlando tomorrow. Ava, we appreciate it. Thanks so much. Thanks. Happy holidays. You as well. Happy New Year. It's it's nice to be able to talk about the Wiz and to talk about them stringing some wins together. Speaking of a team that wins a lot, let's talk hockey. How good are the Caps right now? They have won 10 of 11. They're looking to stay hot as they take on the Ottawa Senators. In their last 17 games, they've got points in 14 of them. They've got 13 wins, and I thought they outplayed Dallas the one time they haven't won in the last couple of weeks. John Walton is on the call with all of their games. You can hear them here on 106.7 The Fan. They're looking for win number 21 tonight, John. Ottawa Senators in town, 7 o'clock puck drop at Capital One Arena. What do we need to know? Well, I think the 10 of 11 part is important, and to be able to get back in the hunt. I mean, guys, this team was teetering on the brink of the abyss going back to the beginning of this month. It is nothing short of remarkable what they put together, especially given the fact that so many guys have been injured, and you've had to just plug and play on so many different occasions. They will continue to do that here tonight. Darcy Kemper is going to get the start tonight, and Cam Talbot, who was really good in his last game against Boston for Ottawa, Pretty good one they're going to face here tonight, too. But uh, it's just been unbelievable to be able to have the amount of man games lost. Number one in the NHL, most of any team. And yet here they are as they were within two points a second after the win the other night and trying to get back into third if they can win here uh, for this one tonight. One strange thing I'll say about looking at the standings in the Capitals right now, all year long it feels like they've played more games than everyone else. And by, you know, one game over a lot of teams, like not a big deal, but there are some teams in the conference, they've played four more games then. It's kind of strange how it's worked out, but I, I don't know if that's a workload thing for them or other teams you know, had postponements or what it was, but I don't think there's been one time I've looked at the standings all year where teams are even with them in games played. 
You're right, and the thing that that really means, especially for this team that had so much nasty travel, and that's the other thing in December where we've been everywhere. And I'm telling you, Grant, I feel it in my bones the last (laughs) four weeks. We've been all over the place, every time zone, everywhere. Uh, But I think it's a benefit that they've not only gotten through that, and they are where they are, but it's about to even out. And they're going to have a lot of home games in January. They've got an absolutely home-heavy schedule. I think they go on the road three times the entire month of February, three one-offs. One of them's the outdoor game in Raleigh, uh, one-off in Boston, and a one-off in Buffalo. That's it. They're home the rest of the month. So they've got a chance to not only uh, maybe get a little bit more rest, but some home cooking as well. And, you know, hopefully by the time we get to that point, we're talking about bumping up toward the top of the division. At 44 points for the Caps in their 37 games, two in hand over the Penguins and the Devils are they're chasing. But they're now even with Pittsburgh with their point total and just two points behind New Jersey. As John has said, they've climbed right back into the thick of things in the Metro. All of a sudden, they're a plus 13 in goal differential, which is comparable to the Rangers who they just beat, the Islanders who are behind them in the standings as well. It's been an amazing renaissance. Uh, How about health? Carlson, uh, Jensen took a puck to the face as well, maybe not nearly as bad as Carly's. And then the Tom Wilson recovery. What can you tell us? Well, it looks like, uh, and Nick Paxman, let's put him on the list too, and uh, he's been out with COVID, so he hasn't been on the ice the last couple of days, but not because of any other uh, issue he's had with the hip. Uh, He's getting close. Wilson is getting close. I think we're going to see both of those guys in January at some point, and hopefully Nicky's all right and good to go. I think there's still going to be some touch and go there, but you get Tom Wilson back, what a jolt that's going to be. Nick Jensen's fine. Uh, he's going to be in there tonight. John Carlson is not fine, and that is a concern. And how those minutes are covered, Grant, that's really going to be the big issue because he plays so much on the power play and on the penalty kill. We saw Gustafson kind of slide into that role in New York the other night. Jensen's going to be long in more minutes. There is not one guy that can replace John Carlson, but by committee, I think you're going to see those minutes, especially on uh, special teams eaten up. Uh, by a number of different guys, and they're going to have to hold it together back there until he returns uh, indefinitely, long-term. That's all been thrown out there. I don't think we're going to see John for a while, unfortunately, uh, but I think everybody else, it's, I think, good news. Even T.J. Oshie is uh, back in a, a full-contact situation, not playing tonight, but apparently seemingly getting close, uh, according to the skate this morning. So uh, it's been a terrible year for injuries, but maybe, just maybe, it's starting to get a little better. That would be nice. Hey, before I let you go, and I hate to go back six days, but what was it like to be on the call for 801 and 802 for the grade eight? It was awesome. You know what? I mean, I've been wanting to do this job since I was 19 years old, Grant. I wanted to be in the NHL, and I wanted to call Stanley Cup. You can't dream the stuff we're doing right now. I never would have even envisioned being in a position for that call, 800 in Chicago, and then the two the other night was terrific. The fans, I'm so glad he did it at home. I love the celebration. I love the classiness from the Winnipeg Jets who all stayed to shake his hand after. It was one of my favorite hockey moments of all time. And and it's only going to get better from here. That's the crazy part. Yeah, I, I can't imagine how cool it must have been. And it was great to listen to. It was an unbelievable call. Well done. And uh, we got more of those coming, hopefully, because the, the chase now is for Gretzky and it's just getting started. John, thank you, buddy. Good to have you on. Happy New Year to you. Uh, it's for you as well, Grant. Thanks very much. Be well. Let's keep the blitz going. Rick Snyder, you know him as Snide Remarks. He is one of our favorites and one of our staples here on the Beltway Blitz to break down the commanders. Rick, I was just talking and taking calls about this a few minutes ago, and I want to get your expertise 
as something of a historian in this organization. You've been around this team for decades. I think now looking back with the information I have that they either should have renamed the team the Hogs or the Red Hogs or they should have gone in a completely different direction where they don't do the same song or they don't have the Hog mascot or they're not doing burgundy and gold and the commanders are just their own thing rather than trying to do a little bit of both. What do you make of that? Well, you're probably right because what they've done is failed. So, obviously, they should have gone a different direction. Nobody likes the commander's names. And I know it's one of those things that people will get used to it. It doesn't mean they got to like it. So, that's the problem. And I don't know it's going, that it's going to go away. The, the try to link the song, they ever they ever thought it, you know, too hard. That's the problem. People overthink things too much. You should have just, you know, done hail to the commanders. Just stick the name there. Instead, it's like some funeral dirge. And it just it was awful. And now the hog's name, I don't even think you need a mascot dressed up like this. I think that's overreaching, too. Uh, so it could have gone It could have gone with hogs. I was against that one early, but I tell you what, I'd take it over commanders. <laughs> Why didn't you like hogs or, or just something that was Redskins-like, keeping it in the family, so to speak? I don't know. Hogs is a name. Here, yeah, we're the hogs. That doesn't exactly inspire confidence. <laughs> you know, to be honest. That's true. And it was a it was a nice thing for the offensive line forty years ago. You know, I mean, I think we spent the the capital of that whole thing, and now you've got players who want to get paid, and now it's an ugly scene. And you know, I don't know who would win in a courtroom. I don't think it'll ever show up in a courtroom, but um, it, it's just another ugly ugly look on this team. So, you know, you just hope that uh, Jeff Bezos or whoever comes in soon and, and figures it out and. Every question that I get and probably you get now is, what are they going to do with this? I said, well, tell me who owns the team. Tell me what his plan is. Tell me who's coaching. I mean, I can't tell you any of those things right now, two weeks to go from the season's end. That's well said, yeah. Uh, you mentioned this. I'll ask you about it. I mean, you covered these guys. You have relationships with a lot of them, I'm sure. The Hogs disassociating with the commanders, at least in part it. Uh, this is the iconic group of these players, and they're threatening to sue the team over Dan Snyder's ownership and uh, not getting the money that they feel like they deserve for for their name, image, likeness. Um, what, what do you make of this? I, I kind of hate to side with the team on this in a way. I mean, they don't have a trademark in hand. Oh, they're going to get one? Well, let me know when you get one. Okay, that's that argument's dead. When you create something for a company you work for, it usually belongs to the company in the end. And, you know, if nobody else, uh, you know, the old coach would have been it. But he's gone now, so, you know, he's passed away, uh, Bugle. So it's not like he can claim it. And I just think, guys, they enjoyed the ride that they had, and now they somehow want They see everybody getting paid, and they see the owner going to cash out, and I think they just suddenly they want to grab some money. But I don't know that they're entitled to it, but I'm not the judge. No. That's true. Good for the Hogs, I guess it sounds like, <laughs> that you're not the judge, Rick. Uh, how about the Browns this weekend at FedEx Field? Sunday game, I, I don't know if it's a must-win, right, but it's a gotta-have-it game because you could potentially be eliminated if three things happen. You lose, Packers and Lions win, but you could also clinch a playoff spot. How do you feel about this game against Cleveland? Yeah, it's pretty open, isn't it? I mean, now you're changing quarterbacks, too. And you're probably not going to have Gibson. And, you know, the defense is still banged up some. Man, it's a, it's a wild scenario that I think anything could happen. I expect that they'll win a close game. But, you know, Cleveland's better than their record. 
Uh, they could be a 10-win team if they hadn't screwed up some. So don't take them lightly. They'll knock them off. I mean, I was reading where they were, their papers, where they were like, we're going to, you know, create some problems for Washington, and they want to win this game. You know, they haven't checked out. So I think it's going to be a tough one. Uh, and it comes down not to the quarterback, but it comes down really to the lines, offense and defense. Defense got to stop Cleveland's quarterback from running through them. The line hasn't played well the last few weeks. And the offensive line's got to keep you know, Carson from being killed, you know. So there's where your game is. It isn't about Taylor or Carson. Well, I will ask you about Carson, though, even if it's not solely about him. Do you like the decision to go back to him? I think you had to. I think you needed some kind of new energy. I think Taylor was petering out. I've always said Taylor was a part-time starter, but, at, you know, it, it's kind of shown as he goes along, it gets less and less. And I think the diminishing returns, it was time to try Carson again. What does all this mean for next season? No idea. Uh, that's another one up in the air. But I, I think it was time to do it because they weren't scoring any points. You know, at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. You know, so I just think Taylor had run his course. Rick, thank you, buddy. We appreciate you. All right. See you Sunday. I will see you at FedEx Field on Sunday. That is your Beltway Blitz on Grant and Danny. So I want to do two things next. First, the injury update from today. Not particularly pretty. There's a couple of players who weren't practicing that are very important to this team. So we will update you on the injury front for the commanders. But also, Albert Breer came out over the weekend and said that the commanders are a destination for a quarterback. That if they want to go in a different direction this offseason, unlike last year where they couldn't land any of the guys they wanted, he thinks that now they probably could. And I don't know if you guys have seen the quarterback market that's developing, but it might be juicy. Let's tackle that next on Grant and Danny. Sands Danny on the fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
Welcome back, Grant and Danny on the fan. Pumped to be with you on this Thursday. Danny is out. He'll be back in the saddle early next week. I got Ryan. I got John on the production today. Hanging with you until 6.30 this evening. Logan Paulson comes your way at the top of the hour at 5 o'clock. And I'm fired up to do the topic that is about to start here because I've been waiting for an hour and a half to talk about this with you guys. We've had a lot of other things going on, a lot of balls in the air. This one's more fun. This is less timely. This is less definitive and actual. This is kind of uh, thought-provoking and maybe even, I would say, hypothetical. But I I think it's a a good combo, and it's legitimate. I mean, I'm not just serving food out the window here. This is the real deal. I I think this could happen. So I saw a tweet from Albert Breer on Christmas Eve. Breer, who comes on this show about once a week during the football season. I love Albert. Uh, He's very plugged in. He's a good reporter. He's with SI. He writes their uh, MMQB piece that Peter King used to write. And Breer tweeted on Christmas Eve, this was when Washington was playing San Francisco, that the commanders will be a sneaky, attractive situation for veteran quarterbacks this offseason. He goes on to say they have a pretty good skill position personnel grouping at most positions across the board. He added, man, Jahan Dotson is really, really good. He and Terry McLaurin are going to be a problem for a long time to come. So right then and there, Ryan sent me that. We start talking about it in our in our chat as a uh, show around the holiday. And the point is, okay, let's, let's come back to this. I think I even said let's circle back to this later in the season because we got enough going on at quarterback here. Heineke's playing. Wentz is about to play. Probably going to start the final couple of games. But if they are in the market for a quarterback, Breer is saying they're going to be a destination. And then there's actually been enough quarterback news here recently that I find interesting that it's worth talking about right now, honestly, as we're ready to watch Carson Wentz play against the Browns this Sunday at home. If he plays really well, it's going to be a step toward him trying to cement himself as an option for next year. If he plays two excellent games against the Browns and the Cowboys, and they win twice, and they make the playoffs. Rivera, who apparently loves him based on what he's told us since they acquired him, might stick with him going into 2023 at just under $30 million against the cap. I personally think you could do better for that same amount of money, but you might have to spend more to do better as well. And so if Carson Wentz gets you to the playoffs by playing good football, That's not the same as you win in spite of him, a la some of the weeks where they were winning, scoring 17 points, and Taylor Heineke was playing mediocre football. But if Wentz plays well, and you win, and you go to the playoffs, I think this staff, led by the Marty Party and Rivera, could say, we wanted Carson Wentz, let's stick with Carson Wentz. This could work. If they win a playoff game somehow, and that's not the craziest thing in the world, by the way. We talked about this yesterday. You can grab the podcast. I think the NFC is more down than it probably has ever been going into the playoffs in most of our adult lives, certainly over the last 15 to 20 years. You haven't had a situation where teams like the one-seed Philly have major questions now because their quarterback's going to be coming back from an injury just in time for the playoffs. Washington, if they're the seven-seed, will have beaten the one-seed, led the two-seed by 10 points been within a possession of the three seed with two minutes to go in the third quarter, all kind of in the second half of the season. So it's not crazy to assume against the the 32nd ranked defense of the Minnesota Vikings 
that you could go to Minneapolis where they got woodshedded by the Cowboys 40-3 to and beat them in a playoff game, right? That, that's not nuts. If they did that with Wentz at quarterback and it's three straight wins, including a playoff game, even if they were to get boat raced by San Francisco or somebody else the next week, there's a chance he comes back as their starter. I'm not going to say that that's not viable. You don't have to like hearing that, and I don't have to be excited about that, but it is a reality that it is still on the table, possibly. Because the guys making the decision whether or not to bring him back are the same guys that thought it was worth trading a two and a three and giving up $28 million of $33 million in cap space to go get him. But let's say that either he doesn't play well enough to be the guy next year, or they have decided based on what they've seen, and it hasn't been pretty so far, that they are going to try to do better, they would be in the market for a quarterback. And Breer's saying and telling us that he thinks that they are more attractive and that they are a good situation for a veteran QB now. That sounds funny at first, because we just did this exercise. We literally just played this game. Last offseason, they wanted Russell Wilson. He said, absolutely not. Thank God, by the way, they dodged a bullet. Supposedly, they wanted Jimmy Garoppolo. They weren't able to do that because he wasn't healthy. But whether it was Aaron Rodgers who stayed in Green Bay or you know, you run down the list of guys that supposedly, over the last few years, the Staffords and whoever they've kicked the tires on, they haven't wanted to come here. This has not been a destination based on maybe the investigations or the Washington Post reports on the toxic workplace, the baggage, the fact that Dan Snyder is an owner that very few players get excited to work for. No one has wanted to come here. Breer's saying he thinks that's changed. Essentially, we couldn't get anyone to go on a date with us last year, and now he thinks we're the belle of the ball, I guess. Maybe we've dropped some weight. We smell good. We're wearing nice cologne. We've been hitting the gym. We're, we're Clary after the show, after Locked On. You know, we're down there pumping iron. We're feeling ourselves a little bit, right? We're, we're, we are the best-looking version of ourselves. Maybe we can get a date now. Jahan Dotson is legit as a wide receiver, too. You got McLaurin and Dotson. Let's say Samuel's still here for the, the moment, for the conversation. I'm not exactly sure what's going to happen with him this offseason. That's a really good trio of wide receivers. I think they need to draft or add a tight end probably to help out, but you, know, you get a little further removed from the injury for Logan Thomas. Presumably he can help you. You get another tight end who can catch some passes. You got a solid tight end room. They're going to have to upgrade the offensive line, obviously, but the running back room is really good. Robinson's coming back. Gibson's coming back. Williams is a fine third. You could have McKissick back if you want to. This should be a fine spot for a QB. Lest we forget, the defense is excellent. Come here to Washington. The selling point is a top 10 defense that will keep you in just about every single game that's just ascending and getting better. So, yeah, you've got to improve your offensive line, which I think should be the priority of the offseason at this point, especially on the interior, where you probably got to move on from Chase Rulli at center after a couple big injuries. And then both guards you could probably upgrade from without spending a ton of money. But you start thinking about maybe this is a place where you could land a quarterback now. Whether you love Rivera or you don't, he's extremely popular and people like him around the league. 
the draw of a great defense and a starting wide receiver tandem of McLaurin and Dotson is legit. So what have we found out in the last few days on the quarterback front? Derek Carr is not going to be back in Vegas. Could be available. Tom Brady, it sounds like, there are starting to be some rumblings, might not be back in Tampa. They got a weird financial situation. And while he could stay with the Bucs, they're not that good. They've got a lot of bad contracts, a lot of older players they're tied to. They're going to be in a bad cap situation within the next couple of years. Stands to reason they're trending down, not up. Brady might jump ship and go try to win a title. And I think he'll go to Vegas. I mean, he could go to a lot of different teams, but... How about this from Mike Florio? This was him and Chris Sims on their TV show they do on Peacock and NBC, I believe. A listener sent me this. I mean, Florio's just throwing the ball around, spitballing Brady to Washington. I I have the commanders (coughs) circled in pencil as a team to watch for Tom Brady. Hmm. Just if he decides to play. We're going to talk about him coming up. But if he decides to play, they got all the ingredients that you would be looking for. Don't they? They get a great defense. Yeah. Offensive line, good enough. Yeah. I Skill don't know. position players, good enough. O line would if be he decides to play. Skeptical, right. O line uh, would be skeptical. Well, they could put some money. But they could put they money put there. They could put some money into the O line. <clears throat> sure. Right. I don't know. You know again, that's what I'll one say that is, is just like. Uh, I mean, you're, I, mean I, I hear what you're saying there. I hear, you know, but. I mean, he goes on to then talk about some other options, and they are bountiful. I'm not sitting here telling you Brady's coming here, okay? Or, or even that that should be who they're seeking. But you're going to have, look at the veteran market. I, like, it's an exciting group of quarterbacks. And there are always teams that are seeking QBs. But these are some of these guys are viable options. Like, if they get into the quarterback pool, it's not like last year where there's only a couple. There's a real legitimate chance that Derek Carr, Tom Brady, I mean, there, there's another tier of guys like Geno Smith, It's some real big names. I want nothing to do with Baker Mayfield, who's probably going to shake free from Los Angeles, but he might be taking up one of those seats somewhere. There might be a team or a coach that wants to link up with the former number one overall pick. And so that's one other QB maybe that ends up elsewhere. Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be available. He's not going to be in San Francisco again. They've basically unearthed the new Jimmy Garoppolo that's younger and cheaper in Brock Purdy, and they've got the guy that they traded up a bunch of picks to go get who's shown nothing because of injury and being on the bench for two years in Trey Lance. I'm not convinced, by the way, that they don't choose Purdy over Lance this offseason, but they'll cross that bridge when they get to it, and I guess the postseason will have a lot to do with that. But Garoppolo, Carr, Brady, Geno Smith, who else I'm going to throw into this? How about Daniel Jones? I think Daniel Jones gets franchise tagged by the Giants or re-signed. Daniel Jones would be a massive upgrade and allow them to do exactly what they've done here. You use him in read option, running the football a little bit. You're a run-first offense, a la what the Giants have been. But instead of throwing the ball to Isaiah Hodgins and Richie James on the outside, instead of Daniel Bellinger being your best weapon, you're throwing the ball to McLaurin, Jahan Dotson, Curtis Samuel, Logan Thomas, Antonio Gibson, and J.D. McKissick. It'd be the best group he's had. I guess my question is twofold for you guys here, and we'll open up the phones on this on the MGM National Harbor listener lines at 800-636-1067. 800-636-1067. What is your 
thought on this Breer commentary that the commanders are in a way better spot to attract a quarterback that you would want this year than they were last year. Do you agree with that? That they have moved, even though win-wise, like if they lose the next two weeks, they're 7-9, and 7-10, 7-10 and over three years with Rivera. But because their defense has bounced back in a huge way from last year, because they drafted Dotson and he is excellent, a fantastic player. Maybe he's right. I mean, maybe you could get someone to come here. Like, why wouldn't a Derek Carr want to be here? Or, or you know, a Daniel Jones if he got out of the Giants staying in the division. I, again, I would assume Jones stays in New York. I think there's a chance Brady stays in Tampa. But I've got him penciled in for Vegas with the Raiders. There were a lot of rumors that he almost went there last time. Geno Smith, I'm not nearly as interested in because he's completely fallen off in the second half. But early in the year, he was balling. He's still one of the top seven or eight graded quarterbacks this year via PFF. And I've never been a Garoppolo guy. I think he's utterly overrated. Uh, and I think he's a, a product of a system. But he needs a home. You know, and then there's a contending team like Washington bringing him in. You've seen it in San Francisco. Hand the ball off, count on your defense, don't beat us. Like, you could win a game or two in the playoffs with Jimmy G, maybe. Do you think they are a better destination now? And is that something that might happen where they decide they're getting back into the veteran quarterback bucket? Pulling out, like, like, you're, like you're grabbing a crab. They're, they're pulling out a QB with the claw machine out of the veteran bucket like they did last year. 800-636-1067 is the number on Grant and Danny here on The Fan. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. On the fan, Logan Paulson's going to join me next hour. We will break down the Browns game with Logan. Question for you guys at 800-636-1067 on the MGM National Harbor listener lines. Do you agree with Albert Breer of Sports Illustrated who says that the commanders are a better fit 
and a more enticing landing spot for one of the sought-after veteran quarterbacks that will be available this offseason than they were a year ago. He thinks that's an appetizing place where someone might want to come. No, a year after Russell Wilson and others said no thank you. And again, thank God Russell Wilson said that, just to reiterate. We'll get into the injury report at the top of the hour. I'll tell you, I'm going to just go through the list of like level of interest 1 to 10 for me on these quarterbacks, just so we're all kind of on the same page of how I'm feeling. Number one, I do think they're a better fit. Their defense is coming off of a better season. They're really good on that side of the ball. And the Dotson pick having been a slam dunk, I don't know if it's a home run or a double or a triple. I need to see him more, but that's an extra base hit. It's a really, really good pick. Your receiving core is outstanding. There's no reason a quality quarterback wouldn't want to come here. If Snyder is selling especially, and and you get to be the face of whatever the next thing is with a new owner like Bezos or someone else, I think this is absolutely a destination. 1-10, to Daniel Jones, I'll say a... Seven and a half interest level. Geno Smith, I'll say a five and a half. Jimmy Garoppolo, I'll say a six. Tom Brady, I'll say a seven. Derek Carr, I'll say an eight out of ten. So I guess in, in to order it then, I'd be most interested in Carr, Daniel Jones, Brady, Jimmy G, then Gino of those names. But really, you know, debating who you'd like to see is not really the topic as much as just trying to figure out if you think they are good enough, appealing enough to, to be single. Before you break up, with the bird in the hand, so to speak, you need to make sure that you're enticing enough to have somebody else to hang out with. You get what I'm saying? You don't become single again if you want to be in a relationship unless you know you can find someone to be in a relationship with. You got to do better than Carson Wentz. Shouldn't be that hard, I wouldn't think. I'm not saying Carr, Brady, Jones. All, you know, I'm not saying those aren't better options than Carson Wentz. Do they want to come here? And again, I think Daniel Jones stays in New York. I think Brady is either in Tampa or Vegas. So all of a sudden, the market looks different, right? Now it's like a Car Gino, Jimmy G thing. And we saw last year how quickly things dry up. It sounds a lot better now than it ends up looking when there's three or four teams all fighting for the same couple of quarterbacks that are worth bringing in. Let's go to Pete in Arlington. Do you think the commanders are a better landing spot now for a QB? It unquestionably they're a better landing spot because they're pretty good. However, I think most of those guys you just mentioned are pretty much Jags. I mean, I think the difference between Daniel Jones and Carson Wentz isn't a whole lot. Conditional upon Carson Wentz playing well for the last two games and possibly getting that win in the playoffs. You know, I'll take Carr, I guess. But, you know, at the end of the day, the person who needs to come here is Aaron Rodgers because what he's got in Green Bay is garbage. And he's still got, what, 25 touchdowns and 11 picks? He's not playing superhuman, but he's, he's the best quarterback that's potentially available. And his mindset right now in Green Bay is terrible. I think coming here, getting a fresh start, letting them loose with uh, the experiment with their draftee, you know, I think that would be the best fit for him. But Carr's not, I mean, uh, Rodgers is not available. You know, he, he would have to essentially, look, there's a potential out in 2024 
after next season, but he's on the cap at $31 million this coming year under contract there without an out. So unless he forced a trade, which he's not going to do, and then demanded to go to Washington, which he's also not going to do, like you're just playing fantasy football there by saying who you'd like. Oh, by the way, it's not like he's had a great year. To your point, he's been fine. I'm sorry, but fine at, at his price tag where he's got a $59 million cap hit coming a couple years from now is not really what I'm looking to do. He was the MVP the last two years. His production has really fallen off. Do I think he could play at a great level in this offense with these weapons? Yeah, he'd be better. But he he's 39, right? And while I'd have interest, I'm not saying no. It's It's just not a reality, I don't think. But again, I don't even want to get into the hey, which quarterback should they trade for a game when they're on the precipice of playing a gotta-have-it game against the Browns? I'm just trying to take inventory on the actual guys that are available, the Carr Brady types. Would they be happy to come here? Because nobody was last year. Jackson Fairfax, what's up, Jack? Hello, Grant. Uh, that last person that called you, doesn't know what the hell they're talking about. Uh, Daniel Jones, uh, not much different than Carson Wentz. Daniel Jones can run. I wouldn't even say what he throws to. I wouldn't even consider them receivers. That, that's that got to be the worst group I've ever seen in my life as far as. So he would be an instant upgrade. You're so on point about things. And Breer is right. It is a destination. But it's contingent on old Danny boy selling the team. Because you go to a circus. You don't want to be in the middle of a circus. <laughs> I mean, Washington's got it all. They really do. It, it, they need to upgrade that offensive line just a tad. And if they can, it, you know, as I said, they can get the right guy in. And look, Carson Wentz, forget about Carson Wentz. I mean, he's on his third team now. Third team, obviously, being Washington. Yeah, he has to play, thanks for the call, Jack, really, really well for the next two weeks for me to agree with the previous caller. I don't think he was off his rocker necessarily. I, I will disagree, you know, me and, and that caller on the quality of some of these guys. I think Carr, sizably better than Wentz. I think Jones, better than Wentz. Um, and really, that's what you got to be asking yourself, right? Am I upgrading or not? And Daniel Jones is rushed. He's going to run for 750, 800 yards this year. Now, when you combine rushing and, and passing, he'll be well over 4,000. With no weapons, he was sharp as attack and, and led long drives at FedEx Field. I mean, he's he's really impressed me this season. Um, I, I don't think he's great, but if you don't have to pay him huge money, like he may not command as much money even as you pay Wentz. I think a guy like that would absolutely come here. Carr is interesting to me. If he's cut and he has his say, would he come to Washington? Why not? Like everyone likes this coach around the league. I think their front office people are mostly really popular. I don't, I don't know people that don't like Marty Mayhew. Seems like a really good cat. If, if Dan Snyder's not involved, and it's just Ron making the pitch to we're going to upgrade our O line, you're throwing to McLaurin, Samuel, and Dotson, and our defense is top ten. Why wouldn't a quarterback be intrigued? Shane's in DC. What's up, Shane? Hey, how's it going, Grant? Hey, look, I don't think there's a quarterback who wants to come to this area. I mean, look what it is. We're, we're poisoned right now to the NFL with everything that's going on right now. We don't even have a stadium that nobody wants to put us in right now. Our stadium's garbage. 
And anybody on that list, do we actually want these guys here? Do we want other people's garbage? I think we have a quarterback on the roster, don't we, as a rookie? How, I mean, what's up with Hal? Let's see what he's got. We drafted him for a reason. The fifth-round pick. Well, you know, he's our pick. We, he, he is what we drafted. He's part of our organization. Let's see what he can do. Um, but, but all I'm saying, Shane, and thanks for the call, bro, fifth-round picks or worse become franchise quarterbacks at what rate? 3% or something? I mean, that's a lottery ticket. I, I'm not telling you I didn't want to see him. I, I was I was hoping the second half this year would be about evaluating him. They won too many games, and now they're just scratching and clawing to even get into the playoffs. The worst case would be to win too many games to not see Sam Howell and to not win enough games to make the playoffs, and they might find a way to thread that needle. It's what they're best at. But what always amazes me, and, and I'll save this soapbox and this rant for another time because we got to get ready for Logan Paulson, but what always amazes me is the ability of the commander's fan base, and I'm not picking on any one of these callers, but just generally, to look down on quarterbacks that are better than all the quarterbacks they've had for a bunch of years. It'll never not make me incredulous. The, well, Derek Carr, ugh. Tom Brady's old, ugh. Aaron Rodgers, look look at the year he had in Green Bay, ugh. I mean, people did that when we were talking about maybe Rodgers being available in the past. He's too old. I wouldn't want to trade Deron Payne and draft picks for him. And they they keep watching Taylor Heineke and Case Keenum and Josh Johnson and Mark Sanchez. For God's sake, man. It, it, is, it, it is like the grossest, most unwanted person at the movie theater being asked to go to uh, dinner after the film with someone and, and who's hot saying no. It, it will never not amaze me. It, it's, it is always incredible when we talk quarterbacks in this town with, no, he's not good enough. We'll wait. He's not good enough. And they're all the ones we talk about. They're all better than what we've dealt with here for years. And we never change our sight line. No one ever stops and goes, hey, you know what? Every time I said not that guy, he was better than what we ended up with. Maybe we should just go with the six or the seven every now and then rather than trying to find our nine or ten and continuing to lay in the weeds with the fours and the threes and the, the four and a halves. Logan Paulson next on Grant and Danny here on The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 